Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. <laughs> That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. It is Tuesday. It is once again time for the Out of Sight Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. Uh, I I understand that I am releasing a podcast on 420. If you are listening to this podcast in a state where uh, the, the use of recreational drugs is approved by state legislatures, then enjoy. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid. And uh, if you're not in one of those states, yeah, you're, you guys are going to do your own things anyway. So whatever. Uh, I am Dio Royster, of course. And it's been a very entertaining last week in Sixers basketball. They went and beat the Brooklyn Nets. They defeated the LA Clippers. But Dave Early penned a piece last week where specifically the Nets game, but I could also bleed this into the Clippers game as well, because there were a lot of elements between the two games. It, it felt more like moral defeats to him. So I kind of wanted to bring him on and kind of have him not necessarily explain himself. Although, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Dave, <laughs> explain yourself on that headline. Um, well, because wins know, it's, are wins. They count as wins in the win column. There's no column for moral defeats, my man. Every time, every time somebody says, it, "But it was a moral victory," we also caveat with, "Like, is there really such a thing?" They <laughs> lost. They lost the game. So I, I felt like it was worth considering the mood of the of the respective locker rooms. You know that if you were, you know, Steve Nash, Dan Tony. We, we got two, two former coaches on that bench, D'Antoni and Ime Udoka. Um, yep. And you know that they were pretty excited. They were like, look, we, <laughs> we didn't have Harden. We didn't have KD. We had Kyrie, basically our bench unit, and we almost won. So if I were them, I'd be like, you know what? Even if they get home court advantage, if we're good, like maybe even if we just had two of our big three in this bench, we could steal game one. I, I might feel that way. If I were okay. the Sixers, had this big lead, and then I didn't, and, you know, they barely won, and they had, like, a couple, you know, Joel was wincing and, like, holding his brace, so. Yeah, we're we're going to dive into a bunch of those different topics, and I guess I yeah. do kind of agree with you now, where it's like, okay, Brooklyn, all they had was Kyrie, and they still kind of almost won that game so yeah i don't necessarily feel great but again a w is a w and yeah like i've said before and i'll ask your opinion on this when brooklyn gets their big three all healthy when. all healthy and going it won't be until the playoffs likely where we don't where we see that trio like are you uh 
I guess my question is, how do you feel going up against those three, given the fact that the Sixers have largely had all of their chemistry intact for pretty much the entire season, whereas Brooklyn has not? Is that something that you consider could be a factor in a playoff matchup? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of like, it's kind of funny to me and not funny as a Sixers fan, but just, I don't know. Is what's the word ironic. You tell me like I, ironic this, works. <laughs> this, this team could go down as a top three team of all time without having played like eight games with their full arsenal of the regular season. You know what I mean? Like, they could win the championship and we'll look back and be like, okay, of course the Warriors and the Bulls, but this Nets team was right there. They have got three of the best offensive players of all time and a really scrappy bench. Um, and, you know, that known, might be known Sixers killer it. Jeff Green. Yeah. They, <laughs> I, was, I was joking with a friend the other day. I was like, they need to start load managing Shamit and Green because they're too good. You can't risk them getting hurt for the playoffs. All right. I've also said this a bunch of times before on many podcasts and many previews, long form columns, what have you. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm more afraid of the Milwaukee Bucks because of the simple reason. Yes, Brooklyn has three of the 10 best players in the league, but Milwaukee, they've been playing together all season. It's like come playoff time. Are there going to be like huge arguments between like, okay, all right, Kyrie wants to close this game out. No, wait, sorry. James wants to close this game out. No, wait, crap. Kevin wants to close this game out. Like there's only one ball, fellas. Like I, I don't, I don't see how that wouldn't show up as a problem. You know, it's like, it's like if you were an NCAA team and you were in the sweet 16 and you got, in one bracket, you've got Kentucky, and they're all the top high school players, and they've only played like, you know, 20 games together. And the other, the other side of the bracket, you've got Princeton, and they're all four-year seniors, and they've all played together forever, and they have great backdoor cuts. Who do you want to play? <laughs> I'll right. take, all right, I'll come, take on, come on now. Come on now. The, the Milwaukee Bucks are at the very least, they're at the very least the Houston Cougars. Come on. I'm, I'm not. Stop it. I'm not comparing them to Princeton. I'm just saying Jesus. The, chemi- the chemistry argument doesn't work for me because there's talent here is just it's too disparate. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll just say that Princeton has won me many a bracket pool in my time. I'm just saying. I'm just, point, I'm just pointing that out to you, Dave. Touche. Touche. <laughs> uh, the second quarter against the Nets is really where I was yelling at my television and it sounded like they were listening to me because I just kept saying, hey, you have Joel Embiid. They have no answer for him. Would you just pound the paint for God's sake? And they did. They had an 11 point lead midway through the second quarter. And that's when Embiid had this one of his textbook rim rocker dunks and the, the wincing started. So naturally, that's another part of this moral defeat thing that you headlined. That was probably the biggest thing of it. Yeah. Do we even, okay, I'm not going to say we definitely need, we definitely don't need Embiid at full strength. Like, I feel like 75 to 80% Embiid in a seven game series, I still feel like we're winning four of those games. Do you agree? Um, 
What what percent would you say that he was in like 2019? Remember he came back and like people were like he's clearly out of shape. He missed like I don't know maybe 10 games. Is this the Phantom of the Process playoffs or the year after that? No, no, the that was the that was the mask. This is um, the knee tendonitis. I would say probably about like 70, 75 if I was in the percentage game. If that, I would say maybe even lower because like he was definitely in the MVP conversation around Christmas. True. And then when you watch that Toronto series, he was just like the defensive anchor almost. He wasn't like we were playing through Butler a lot. True. Um, I I will say that Joel has looked. I I don't know. Like I'm not near his weight scale at all times so i don't know if this is true or not but he he seems more spry this year than he was a couple of years ago so i i guess that's something he seems more everything this year he, yeah <laughs> just, um there was there was an sb nation piece i think it was by uh jazz the jazz uh blogged today and they were like can, can rudy gobert do what no one has been able to do and i I saw it and I thought to myself, stop Embiid? No. <laughs> <laughs> the next part of that Brooklyn game that just really made me upset, that 21-2 that to two run that cut the ball game to three, and it was no one was out there for Brooklyn. Irving was on the bench, and we're getting roasted by Bruce Brown and Alizé Johnson, for Christ's sake. Like I, I see that name Alizé, and I'm just like, wait, did somebody really name their kid after like a two-bit wine from the early 2000s? Did that really just happen? Are we getting roasted by a, a low-quality wine right now? And, and two X6ers, and two X6ers, but like, and that's the thing. Doc was forced to bring Embiid and Simmons back onto the floor when you know you would want to be able to trust the some parts of the second unit to keep a lead going against a bunch of scrubs like I, I i don't know what to think of the bench now that's another part of this moral defeat angle like i don't know what to think of this bench right now De- definitely not as um much make me camp- feel good about this bench dave oh i was gonna go the other way <laughs> oh. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say not as good as not as clicking as the nets bench but damn it um if we're looking at like a nine and a half, 10 person playoff rotation, who, who do you think is going to be in that? Let's say, let's say they're all health. They're all pretty much healthy. Right. So you got the starters and you got George Hill coming back. Right. Would you pencil in both shake and Furkan? I don't know. I, I would probably, depending on the situation and like who we're playing, if you need the if you need somebody that's more of a score slash ball handler, I guess I would go shake. But if you just want somebody bombing threes, obviously I want Furcon. Furcon has to me, he's sort of like closed the potential gap between the two of them lately. I would agree and, with that. Um, and then and then you got guys like. I want to say Scott, Mike Scott slash Anthony Tolliver, because I don't think it'll be both of them if either crack that rotation. And then obviously right. Dwight, who we could probably pencil in because Doc loves Dwight. Oh, man, just just makes me feel so bad that, you know, it makes me feel a certain kind of way that we have to rely on 
Dwight Howard in the in this playoff run. You're not and a fan. I I mean, I shouldn't say that because who knows how Tony Bradley would handle like a high pressure playoff situation. So all right, I I retract my Dwight Howard statement. Um, <laughs> Dw- all right, Dwight. Let me let me just come into Dwight's defense real quick. Okay, Dwight was really good in the final four and the finals like months ago. Okay. All right. <laughs> may, may, maybe, maybe that switch gets turned on and he doesn't do uh, crazy flagrant fouls for no reason. Hopefully that comes <laughs> to the playoff time. Hopefully that's a switch that gets flipped because yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't want that to happen. Um, <laughs> but going forward into the rest of the season looking forward to the playoffs you're right they they squeaked out this win against the next team that didn't have james harden durant or blake griffin i don't know how much i don't know how much of a deal blake griffin's really going to serve so there, there's that and the idea that they're in this grueling stretch of games and they missed out on such an opportunity to get Embiid some extra rest and give Simmons some extra rest. Like that 21 to two run, it just killed that. Yeah, that, that hurt. Um, but you know, like I, I was worried about that. I, I think I texted my friend, like, are they being, you know, dude, are you kidding me? When they were bringing Ben and Joel back into that game. Right. And then, and then like five minutes later, he texts back. They would have been destroyed if they didn't. And he was right. Like (laughs) they barely won, you know, by a few points with bringing them back. So of course, it it was ugly. It got, it got scary. Uh, And the same thing happened with the Clippers pretty much. It was like, Oh, they only have one of their stars. We should, but we didn't have Tobias Harris. And it was just, it was literally the Paul George show. And, you know, t- he had 37, but he needed all 29 shots to get there. And he shot 50% from the field. But that's another game that shouldn't have been close at all. And no disrespect to, you know, Paul George. Like, I like him, but like we've seen that movie in the theaters before when he was with Indiana. He he has been on a streak like not before. I mean, he w- he came into that game just scorching hot. So I was really worried. Um, and as is, uh, you guys will listen to this after Steph Curry, but Steph's coming into this game like, um, if you've ever played NBA Jam, like his ball is on fire, basically. Oh my goodness! It's it's what his like fourth straight game of ten plus made threes. So he <laughs> he hit a step back and one lefty hook shot from three <laughs> that is that is goddamn absurd and i'm Never sorry that before <laughs> i'm sorry that i am flagrantly cussing on this podcast now but that is goddamn absurd i'm sorry but it is the, the combination of those descriptions is just it doesn't happen <laughs> that should not those that should not happen in the english language again huge lead against the clippers like i want to say they were up by as much as I want to say 12 at one point going into the fourth quarter. Oh my goodness. They just did not keep their foot on the tiger's neck, so to speak, to quote the great Dominic Toretto from the fast and the furious franchise. (laughs) And next thing you know, it's next thing you know, it's seven minutes to go in the fourth period. And 
all of a sudden the Sixers are down one after leading for like the entire game. They needed every bit of that 36 point performance from Joel Embiid that night. And it really should not have come to that. And that's again with the moral defeat. That's where it's really starting to really get to me. And I'm really second guessing this team in the playoffs now. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. Well, what... Let me ask you, what makes you most second guessy? This team not putting this team not putting fools away when they should just put fools away. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But if like a like a boxing match and we've got them on their heels. Yeah. you, You don't get a knockdown. Like, don't just sit there and just wait back and just, you know, throw and keep throwing jabs and whatnot after you see the knees buckle. Like, no, get in there and start throwing haymakers to the chin. Like, come on, guys. But the the flip side to that is um, the Sixers are like they do have this weird needle to try to thread where they like, let's face it, they need home court advantage. I I didn't read the piece yet, um, but I think Keith Pompey of the Inquirer just wrote like, the Sixers legit need home court advantage. Right. It's and sort of like Houston, 2018 Houston, when they played the Warriors. It's yep. like, if that, if that series, game one and game seven, were in Golden State, we wouldn't have even watched. But because Houston had a home court, it made it go seven. And so it feels like that's the case here. So the Sixers do have to try to sneak in some of those old-school load management. Like, Embiid has just been <laughs> Oklahoma, Dallas – I mean, the game was over by like midway through the third and he could sit the rest of the game. So I think they try to do that again. I will say this. If the standings hold the way they are right now, it's Sixers Charlotte in the first round. Mm. I'm sorry, but if it's not a 4-0 sweep and a point differential for each game of like 10 plus, because I'm sorry, Charlotte is just not at the level of talent that the Sixers are. You don't, gonna... you don't worry about um, Biombo's ability to slow down Joel? No, no, I do not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, we're going to need a little extra gas for that 4-5 series because we're either going to have to chase Trey Young around for 40 minutes or we're going to have to deal with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown for seven games again. Or, or uh, Julius Randle. Oh my God. That's I honestly, no, I'm sorry. All due respect to the Knicks. They need to stop winning right now because you guys are ruining the potential (laughs) explosion of the New York metropolitan area and denying everyone the playoff matchup that is so richly deserved this year with the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Oh yeah. Yeah. This needs to happen guys. I'm sorry. The two seven. I want the 2-7. Two two seven. Seven. I want that in the first round, okay? I want Julius Randle to get on his high horse and say, listen, they got Kyrie and KD and Harden, but we got New York. We've always been New York. 
So let's show them that the Knicks still run this town and they get blown out in like five games. But still, <laughs> what? I still want, I want it. I still want it. <laughs> I want the Nets to have the hardest road possible, but I would like, I mean, Fibs, Tibbs gets you to play so hard that the Nets would be a little uh, tired out I, I, at the very least if they had to play the Knicks. And I think we've talked about this before. If the Sixers are the one seed, and obviously Brooklyn, Milwaukee, some order two, three. Uh, Milwaukee is two and a half games out of the two seed right now. I will say that. But I would very much rather play one of those two to get to the NBA finals than both of them. Oh, the my Sixers goodness. Are the, yes. If the Sixers are the two seed, they're going to have to deal with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. As opposed yeah, no, thank to, you. No, no, thank you. Especially if I'm feeling uneasy about this team right now. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah. If you got to open like, I, I don't even know, like Knicks and then Hornets, you could you could do old school load management within the playoffs. Right. Like you could in a couple games. I don't, this is going to sound like a cold take if we end up in these like overtime <laughs> battles. But um. But yeah, that's like obviously the best potential scenario here. The only team that could throw a monkey wrench in this scenario is Miami because they're right now the seven seed. And if Miami is the eight seed, I firmly believe they're going to come at us hard. And I'm yeah, not, I don't want, I'm I don't not want looking forward that. to that. That would be a brutal, I mean, any team, any team that goes to the finals and then adds all the depot and then you have to, um, there was an article today, like, are they reeling because they miss Kelly Olenek? Like, <laughs> uh, maybe, but I, I'm still more scared of them with uh, with at least remote possibility that Victor Oladipo could play. Butler's dealing with an ankle, so it's not going their way right now. But that right. could that could work out for for them if they wound up all healthy and like someone overlooked them. If Miami plays the Sixers in the first round, right? Yeah, no thanks. Uh, how far does that go? I would say at least six. Se- I mean, seven is not out of the realm of possibility, but I would say at least, I would say five or six. Yeah, I think the odds makers would have that at like 6.2. And that's going to, once again, like I said before, it's going to cut into the amount of health you can or rest that you can give to Joel and Ben and Tobias and Danny Green, who's also fighting, I believe it's a hip injury. And Seth, Seth has a hip. Um, as, we're, as we're recording this, there's like updates on Tobias that his knee is improving, but not great. I don't know if he's going to play tonight. I think he's not. And yeah, at Atlanta, Boston, facing one of those teams after going 12 rounds with Jimmy Butler again. Did you ever, did you ever play the Oregon Trail? Yes. This, isn't that kind of like this? Like you're going cross country. You, you know you're not going to make it there at full strength. You're just trying to sort of like. I'm just the trying river. to. Yeah, I'm just trying to get to where I need to go without a dysentery outbreak. <laughs> That's where we're at. Yep. Is that really where we are with this team now? Jesus. It's not just this team. It's if we were recording this on any team in the league. It's the season. It's like. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if we were talking about the Detroit Pistons, we would already be talking about the dysentery. Actually, I'm just, like, <laughs> just pointing that out. We, like we would have no. done, <laughs> we would have done. Like, sh- was it right to take Sadiq Bay for Shaman and Bruce Brown, or should we have stayed pat? We'd we'd have to do 20 minutes on that. 
no, no. The the right move was Sadiq Bay, and that's and that's my Villanova homerism coming out. But that's fine. It's whatever. Uh, what about um? What about Kennard? Would you have kept him? No, probably not. Luke Kennard doesn't really do anything for you if you're the Detroit Pistons right now. Which again, I was really hoping that the Sixers would do something and put Kennard in a Sixers jersey. But again, that's from my fandom and my belief that every championship team has to have a good white boy three-point shooter <laughs> every nba championship team has had wait, one in the history of this league wait what about last year the, the lakers didn't have one um i mean you could kind of count alex caruso i guess caruso is not a good shooter he's like a pitbull defender he's more like a, a all right, TJ maybe, all right maybe this maybe the spunky white boy that like all right all right spunky, the spunky white, boy. white boy glue guy <laughs> Like every team needs to have one of those. Like for the Lakers, for example, it was Caruso, and then it was Mark Madsen for the longest damn time. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a staple at the uh, parade. Staple at the parades. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm getting off a little bit off track, but after. So are you are you very worried about this team being able to step on the Tigers' neck or whatever you said? Being able to close some of these games is a bit concerning, especially when, you know, like we talked about, it was just Kyrie for Brooklyn. It was just Paul George for the Clippers. It's just Steph Curry for Golden State at the time of this recording. And yes, gold and and yes, Curry has been playing out of his mind. But at the same time, it's just Steph Curry. It's not Steph Curry and company. And also Wiseman is out. So not that it would have really made a difference, but it's it's the Steph Curry show. Just stick Ben on him for 30 minutes and just let him harass him for the whole game. Yeah. Like that has to be Doc's plan. All right, here, here's the news for tonight. Tobias most likely not playing. Oh Steph, lovely. Steph looks like he's in. He's he's got an ankle. I will say this. I'm okay with Tobias sitting at the time of this recording. Like I'm okay with him sitting because you have Phoenix on Wednesday and then Milwaukee twice this weekend. They'll have bought him a lot of time, like a week or something. Right. Which is fine. If, if you want to be careful with Tobias against golden state, a team that this talented Sixers team should be able to beat without Tobias Harris, but then your full strength against Phoenix on Wednesday and your full strength from Milwaukee twice. I'll take that trade off. Yeah. Yep. I will happily take that trade off. If the outcome is one win against the bucks to assert to continue to assert dominance over that team and saying, Hey, you, st- you may have Giannis, but the road to the final still goes through South Philly. <laughs> like they <laughs> need a, to know a, that. I like, I like, I want to see that written. I want that billboarded. I want that no, Mil- I swear Milwaukee needs to know that. Like, yes, you guys have Giannis and drew holiday has been playing well, but at the end of the day, if you want to go to the NBA finals, you have to deal with Joel Embiid in his house for six for four games or more and you got to win four of those games and with just Giannis and a okay ish drew holiday i shouldn't say that. he's more than okay ish but he's you gotta give me you gotta give them, me more than that sure. milwaukee 
and and you even bringing them up brings me back to like didn't the Sixers blow like a 19 point lead and lose to them in overtime not yes, long ago Yes they did yes they did another another game they uh, couldn't throat stomp I, I I need to see this team close out like if they get into a big lead against the Suns I need to see them close it out if they run up another you know 23 to 10 opening against Milwaukee one of these games I need them to I need to see him continue to step on the gas. Well, that that probably means just playing and be more. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's what it means. But I, and not only that, but you know, next week, next week, you got Atlanta twice at home. Yeah. And you know, this just takes me to like a, another subject that's for another pod another day. But I mean, Ben Simmons sometimes has so ridiculously good when Embiid is not in the game yeah and like for the life of them they never get them both sort of cooking at once that is weird isn't it I just I, I mean they do they, that was, they win but I thought that was weird too like they, they do they have this tremendous net rating and they're a, a positive force together for sure but there's always going to be like a 10 minute span or a game every five games where Joel sitting where you think shouldn't we have like, there's probably, isn't there like a 99 year old person who just works for Wells Fargo center who could say to doc, Hey, you know, him and Dwight are not a good combo. We learned that like, <laughs> we learned that like three years ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. You need Ursan who just came out of, like off his sofa in Europe and uh, hit five threes and a game saving block. I, I want I want no part of Ursan Ilyasova. Like I or I Edmund hit all his free throws yesterday. I don't need I I don't need everybody all the national media people in town gushing all over Ursan like Colangelo. <laughs> no thank you. No thank you. Uh, I don't feel completely. Uh, decimated by this team emotionally like I'm still in the camp that they are the class in the Eastern Conference I believe that if you want to go to the NBA Finals you have to win four games in South Philly and I'm gonna be perfectly honest there's not one team in the Eastern Conference that can win four games in South Philly I will say that right now well, they wouldn't have to win four. They could steal game one and then polish us off in Brooklyn. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't I, I don't think that's I don't think that's gonna happen. I have yeah, yeah. I, I firmly believe that the Sixers have a chance to go undefeated at home in the playoffs. That'll be nice. I still have nightmares of game four. I think it was what was it, Cinco de Mayo against Everybody the does. Everybody has nightmares oh, about that, that game. Hurt. That hurt, hurt I mean, so bad. <laughs> I still get ulcers thinking about that damn game. For I mean, forget the quadruple doink game seven. I wake up thinking like Kawhi Leonard hit that three right over Joel. Yeah. To make it like a four point game. And that, that was the home game. Like, I think th- as bad as the game seven triple quadruple doink was like that game to me was kind of the backbreaker. That was yeah. That was the biggest game of the series, in my opinion. Um, but maybe not mathematically. Maybe not mathematically, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just emotionally, it was emotionally tough. that the, the end of that game was so draining. But you know what? We we get through it and we keep going on here at Liberty Ballers. 
Uh, I needed a big margarita that night. <laughs> oh my god, there, there was not enough alcohol on the planet to console me after that game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave Early, always appreciate you when you come on the podcast and drop some knowledge, and we crack some jokes. And I don't know uh, if we dropped any knowledge on anyone this time. We might have just bemoaned the suffering, but <laughs> I mean, I, I that's, appreciate that, it. I mean, that's some knowledge. I, I feel like <laughs> I still feel like we came with some goodness. We did. We did. It's yeah. fine. Everything's fine here. Everything's cool. Just enjoy the content. We're just here <laughs> for the content, folks. Uh, Dave, tell everyone uh, where they can find you uh, in the on the interwebs. Go on Twitter and go to at David Early, like early morning special. I've, I've tried a lot of those jokes over the years. People always laugh. You show them your, you show them your ID. They're like, "Oh, early in the morning, you're never late." Seniors love Dave early. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I write, and I write for Liberty Ballers. <laughs> always appreciate having you on, Dave. I'll talk to you soon. Uh, my best. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All that fun stuff. You too. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva.